0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Health Law Talk presented by Shahardi Sherman Williams. Before we get started, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube, linked in the description below. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: And good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Health Law Talk with Shahardi Sherman Williams. You have Conrad Meyer here in the studio, Rory Bellina. Good afternoon, everyone. And today we have a very special guest with us today, uh, one of our partners here at the firm, Adam Stump. He is a, uh, a uh, one of our partners involved with a lot of the COVID and business uh, interactions with companies in the area. And he is going to talk to us about the Economic Injury Disaster Loan and specifically how it's related to COVID.
2: And so, Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rory and Conrad. Y'all are doing a great job with the show. I'm so happy to be on it. That's great. We're happy to have you here. So, uh,
1: I learned something interesting this morning when we were talking about this, uh, the EIDL. I had no idea. that You said it was for COVID, and then was, I thought it was for just about anything. But talk to us. What is E-I-D-L? What does it mean? What's going on in, in COVID land for this? Sure.
2: And to give you kind of a history, you know, right when COVID came um, on the scene, obviously, worldwide pandemic, businesses shutting down. They needed resources, and Congress stepped in on the on the federal level and said, "Well, we're going to run a bunch of different programs. One being the Paycheck Protection Program, which is now closed. Uh, That was very popular. Um, Then at the state level, you had like Main Street Recovery. You had the restaurant, and at the federal level, you had the Restaurant Revitalization Fund. And the most popular one that's still sticking around is the." EIDL, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, and that is a loan through the SBA for exactly what it is, an economic injury because of a disaster, right? And it's for businesses to take out a loan that must be repaid Mm -hmm. uh, over a Mm long-term and a low interest rate through the SBA, the Small Business Administration. And when
0: you mentioned disaster, you mentioned, obviously, the pandemic, but here in Louisiana, we just experienced Hurricane Ida. It's available
2: for that as well? It is. um, You know, these EIDLs have been around for a long time, and it's really just coming into the spotlight um, because of COVID and because everybody is experiencing this national disaster, right? Um, So they've been around. SBA has been lending money uh, basically since their inception. Uh, That's kind of one of their missions. Um, And now you have an EIDL available Nationwide, Mm -hmm. and then if you're in Louisiana, there's EIDL money available as a result of Hurricane Ida. Now, like to be clear, uh, if you have um, if you have an EID if you have an EIDL already existing for COVID, right, um, and then you go try to take one out for your business Mm -hmm. as a result of Hurricane Ida, there may be uh, an issue there uh, in the sense that the SBA. Uh, will likely offset any amounts. Sure. You can't have two existing EIDLs for the same, sure. for the same thing. That's, that's the advice that I've been getting from SBA. Uh, they've published differing advices, but in practice, I'm seeing that those second EIDL hurricane ida loans If you for a business, if you have a COVID EIDL loan, they're canceling each sure. other out.
0: A couple of questions that I, I was just thinking of when you started talking about this, but I think it'd be beneficial to our listeners if you could kind of explain to us you know, what's the starting process for this? Who qualifies? Who doesn't? You know, kind of some of the basic, and then we definitely want to get into some of the more the details of it, but kind of, you know, go back in time for someone that reaches out to you and wants to know, what is this? Do I even qualify?
2: Exactly. So that's a very important question because not everybody necessarily qualifies, but a lot of people do. If you were in business uh, before January 30th, 2020, you uh, are basically eligible. So pre-COVID. Right. Okay. Right. So you had to be in business pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to have under 500 employees. Okay. Uh, and that's basically it um, in, in the general scheme of things. Sure. Um, obviously, you can't be, you know, a foreign country or a foreign entity or anything like that. But basically, you're going to you're going to uh, likely qualify. So
1: what let me ask you this, when, when, it, when you think of EIDL for COVID, is it for businesses who have like lost income or have had and like a like a uh, from a mandate or a shutdown? Is that what it is? Or is it just in general businesses who have been affected in some monetary fashion from COVID? Um, it's more. It's more general. It's more general. Okay. Right? So, so that even help. That's more helpful for businesses than if, if it's even more broad.
2: Yeah, and um, exactly. I mean, considering we're dealing with a worldwide pandemic, it's mm-hmm. almost inherent that you're going to have some type of uh, a loss or expense associated with it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've been seeing loans being approved on a wide range of basis.
0: Okay, and when you say loans being approved in different expenses, we're talking about lost revenue, um, lost, lost income, loss of sales. It's very broad
2: on what this loan can be applied to. Right. So it, and it's very, that's a very important question because we want to make sure we're using these loan funds correctly. Right. That's my question
0: is right. that, okay, if you, let's say you qualify for this, you submit the proper, you know, paperwork and everything.
2: What can you use the money for? Right. So or what mon- you can't, right. So the money gets automatically deposited into your account. You say, okay, um, you can't. You cannot go out and you cannot uh, uh, use the money frivolously. Sure. Okay.
1: So you, you can't uh, add like an addition onto your building and say, "Hey, by the way, I want to do some capital spending. Let me go ahead and use the money right. for that." Right. Uh,
2: unless you're in the di- in the business of adding on bi- uh, additions. Well, to that's buildings. different, okay, right. right? So, right. Okay. so we want to look at you know, bef- very recently, as of like a month ago, you could only use it basically for working capital. Okay. Okay, we can't go make capital expenditures and things like that. They're outside the, of the ordinary working capital mm-hmm. of our company. Um, they the SBA just relaxed those rules though, which oh, wow. it, it, it made a huge difference in pe- in businesses' lives. So now, what you can do is you can pay using EIDL funds business debt. Okay, and that includes salaries, wages as well. Oh, I mean, that's totally separate. So let's say you have a business. You mean long-term debt? Long-term debt. Wow. You can go pay off off that, prepay it with EIDL funds. So now you basically can refinance some of your business debt. Now, it can't be other. Down to that lower interest rate. Down to a lower interest rate. Wow. So it can't be uh, other SBA loans or any other federal government loans, but it can be just, you know, a loan from Chase, right? Okay. You get in there, get your EIDL funds, you pay that off. Now you've just replaced potentially, you know, seven percent interest right. with three point seven five percent, which is the interest rate for these loans. So this is currently still open. You can still do this. Absolutely. You. They're gonna. The program shuts down December thirty first. Okay. Oh, so, so there is a trigger. Okay, there is a trigger. Um, we want to make sure. Uh, like, my clients are getting their applications in now. Sure. So the SBA has has time to process them.
0: So walk through, you, you apply online for this, correct? Yes. And then what happens? Can you give us a little time frame or, or timeline of what will happen after you apply? I assume you have to submit documentation and, and that kind of stuff to some sort of portal.
2: Yes. So you go apply online. You know, it's a it's a three uh, kind of online page process. Um, after that, what's going to happen is you'll get an email confirming your application, then you have a portal um, and you have a login for a portal where you continually check. And I wish I had, uh, you know, the magic crystal ball for all my clients to say, you know, this is how long it takes. But, you know, quite honestly, it's been kind of a roller coaster ride. um, And it just really depends. It could be as short as two weeks. It could be as long as a month.
1: Okay. So what does SBA do to to tell you how much you've received? I mean, is there some sort of I guess calculation or formula they use to say one business might get 50,000 where another one might get 500,000 or
2: what's the, the quantum? How do they do that? Yeah, so it's kind of been all over the place. In the beginning, it was um, 2019 revenues minus cost of goods sold times two. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I've seen numbers as of just this past week and the week before that do not add up to that. So it's a little bit of a mystery, but um, it's one of those things where I'm encouraging uh, people to go apply, get that figure. Sure. If you're not happy with the figure, then we can go from there. And then once you get that figure, what happens there? Do you go to a bank for closing or does it come directly from – how does that work? Right. So it's go, It's coming direct. The, a bank is not involved. Okay. The, S, the SBA is the bank okay. in this scenario. And the money literally gets deposited into whatever account that you tell them where to deposit.
0: Okay. And you have to, I assume, sign a ton of documents saying that you'll, you know, you'll provide collateral and you won't default on it and that kind of well, thing. Well, I don't know
1: about collateral. That's one thing I was going to ask. I mean, do, is there personal guarantees? Or do we have collateral? What's,
2: what's the story behind that? Right. So um, it, it varies depending upon the level of your loan. So, you know, $0 to $200,000 you're not going to have a personal guarantee. Wow. wow. Okay. okay. Uh, which is a huge deal for these business owners because sure. people are very afraid of personal guarantees, and uh, I don't necessarily blame them. Um, so uh, that is certainly a highlight of the loan.
1: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So and what about in terms of collateral? Uh, if there's no personal guarantees, is there anything
2: like collateral on the property? Say you own the property. Have you seen anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. And they have it structured to where Uh, If you're under $25,000, if that's your loan amount, you're Mm -hmm. under that, um, you're going to not have any collateral attached to it. And just for the listener's sake, collateral is something that basically you give in security for uh, you repaying the loan. So let's take, for instance, a loan from $25,001 to $500,000. The SBA is requiring collateral on your business assets. So let's say you have a whole storage room full of of uh, inventory the SEC is going to take I mean sorry the SBA is going to take a UCC on that which is um, you know a security device that says if you don't pay back this loan we get to go in and take your inventory okay Okay. so that's zero to five hundred thousand for five hundred thousand to two million uh, they're going to look to any other assets besides your movable property okay they're going to look to um, your business you know uh, actual land and, and buildings right. and things like that. Interesting.
0: And I know we talked about it a little bit, but I'd like to go back. I think this is the, probably the biggest question you get. Is you know, let's talk a little bit more about what can you use this for, and, and what can't you use it for? I mean, talking about business expenses, are there certain things that the government precludes you from using it from, or is it just anything that you deem relevant and necessary that you could back up to keep your business in
2: operation? Right. So I I, I tell everybody. If it fits under the definition of working capital, you're 100% safe. Okay. Right. We don't want to go outside of that definition. And as I said previously, now we can go pay off business debt, which is a big deal. Just make sure that debt is not SBA or government debt because we're not going to replace an SBA loan with another SBA loan. They will not allow that. Uh, So, you know, the general advice is, without going through every specific instance, is working capital and business debt that existed, you know, um, when you got the loan.
0: Okay.
1: Interesting. So let me ask you this. I know a lot of people uh, over the last year and a half— did the first round of PPP, sometimes the second, some of them did the second round of PPP. So what do you tell folks and businesses, okay, who have already done a first, maybe a second round of PPP when it comes to EIDL?
0: Because I'm very, yeah, and I'd like to echo Conrad's question, because you're much more knowledgeable on this than I think Conrad and I both are together. I would agree with that. But I heard, you you know, and everyone hears different things, aren't there some sort of like set-offs where you can't have both, or there's, you know, they subtract one from the other with PPP
2: and EIDL? Right. And and in the very beginning of all of this, I mean, all of this being COVID, businesses were getting EIDL funds and PPP funds potentially at the same time, and they did not know what to do. And what you couldn't do was use those funds for the same purpose. So, you know, going back to the PPP, that's the Paycheck Protection Program, which is now closed, um, you could only use that for... Uh, payroll and certain uh, very limited, limited okay. scope of, of uh, expenses. And that, that was forgiven. Okay. So you, then you, you couldn't use EIDL funds for the same purpose. And okay. that was explicitly stated in the CARES Act, which Congress passed, which set all this stuff into motion. Sure. Um, so we nowadays though, PPP is kind of not in the picture anymore. Right. Sure. Uh, on the accounting side, certainly speak with your CPA about how you're going to, uh, you know, uh, list out all those expenses on, on your financials. But now we're looking at EIDL still sticking around. PPPs are usually, you know, no longer there kind of factor. So you kind of have wide breadth in what you can use your EIDL funds for. Okay. And what are some things that people are denied for where they don't get this
0: EIDL or if they, you know, they're, they're having trouble with the application what are some common things that
2: you're hearing from clients when they reach out to you and say, I don't know what's going on. I'm not getting this. Right. So this is what I'm hearing. Um we got denied. They said we weren't in existence. Okay. At the time that we needed to be in existence. Like the business wasn't formed at that time. And it's usually some type of um error on the part of uh the SBA not being uh diligent in the sense that they're not looking at the information that was provided, right? Okay. Sure. Or it's the flip side to that and it's the client or the borrower in this case not providing the correct documentation. Okay. You know, w- we need to provide the SBA with articles of organization, tax returns, things like that, and sometimes businesses, especially small businesses that never really thought about this, don't have their affairs really in order. Sure. sure. So when I get it, I go through a whole laundry list of things and we normally they need it anyway regardless right. of the loan. So we're going through the operating agreement with them. We're going through the articles, making sure everybody's accounted for, all the members. Um, sure. So it's basically those types of things. Like, sure. You know, um, the other reasons are, I guess, more technical and on the SBA side. And whenever I get those in, all those denials, there's an email address. I have my certain contacts at the SBA who, because I've just done this for so long. Sure. Um, I can email them. And then get it cleared up pretty quickly. Uh, but I've, I've seen sure. things from uh, not being incorporated, not having a certain board resolution right. that, that they need. Oh, wow. Those things are really easy um, uh, to clear up as long as you know what you need to provide to them.
0: Now, what about, you know, a lot of businesses have, un- <clears throat> excuse me, unfortunately closed during this COVID time. But what happens to a business that closes, that is sold off or simply can't remake these payments
2: if and when they start i mean what's the guidance for that yeah so let's take one step back because the payments don't start until 24 months from when the loan was dispersed oh, okay oh, so you, so you get a so.
1: two-year grace period
2: two-year grace period wow that's yeah. really good interest interest free it, during that period. interest is accruing okay but you got to think about it. it's only accruing you know it's 3.75 is it it's simple interest R- well yeah i mean it, is it simple interest or are they do we know if it's compound
1: interest uh it
2: is, uh, actually, I don't know the answer to that question.
1: Well, neither do I. I guess we'll have uh, to figure that out. Yeah, so we'll figure that out. <laughs> we'll have to figure that um, out. Well, that might affect some businesses. I mean, you never know, uh, you know, in terms of their expenses, you don't know what they want to incur. But, I mean, still, I mean, that, that's an interesting question. I never knew the answer to that.
2: Right. I mean, it's meant to give these businesses somewhat of a reprieve. Sure. And then when they get back on their feet, then they can start, you know, paying okay. this low interest long term, which right. is 30 year term. Okay. But if and they decide to close or sell their business, what 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 advice are you giving to them? Right. So you do if you're going if you have an EIDL, if you have a loan through the SBA, and you're going to sell your business, you have to get approval from the SBA to sell. To sell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what, what about
1: this? Let me ask you this question. So what happens? Say you're a business and you're looking for a million dollars right? That's what you're looking for. That's the the number in your head. That's the loss that'll help make me whole. Uh, You get the return back from SBA. They give you a half a million. Do you have some, is there an appeal process? Is there a way that you can say, nope, nope, guys, I really need another
2: half a million dollars. Is there some sort of process you can go back to the SBA to appeal for a higher number? There's absolutely a process. And if you're not uh, okay with the amount that they originally are willing to give you, um, there is an, an email that it's it's a reconsideration email that you send to the SBA. And then that starts the reconsideration process. You'll likely be assigned SBA loan officer. And then we can, you know, talk it out with that loan officer to get you where you need to be. Sure.
0: And as far as just, you know, generically businesses that are, are, you know, companies that you own that are eligible for this, it's pretty broad, like you said, as long as you're a business that was in existent, less than 500 employees, you're not a foreign entity. It, it seems like it's a very broad bucket of potential
2: business owners that are available available to to, to get this program. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, I've I have not run across a business um, that has not met the eligibility requirements. Okay, um, you know th- that that we that we've helped. Sure. So uh, the bucket is very big. Located in the United States, under 500 employees. Um, in business before sure. you know January, uh, in business
1: before the pandemic. Well, let me ask you this: I mean, you mentioned that a lot of businesses qualify based on the eligibility requirements. Let me ask you
2: this: How many businesses do you think actually know this program even exists? You know, not many. Because here is what happened: um, PPP comes out, EIDL comes out, mm-hmm. P. You know, um, the restaurant advisors. All these programs are just being flooded out by Congress. And they kind of got a little bit confused. And the PPP was so popular in the beginning. Mm-hmm. EIDL was kind of like, oh, that's a loan that you have to pay back. The PPP, you don't. So it's kind of just come. It's it's really becoming popular now. Okay. Uh, but it's closing soon. But it's closing soon. Gotcha. Exactly. So, you know, December 31st. So they have a short fuse. And so mm-hmm. basically we need to get the word out there. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this is a great program, yeah. especially since they've um, – Increase the you know uses of of these monies um, because uh, there's banks really aren't lending all that much. The SBA is kind of like going to be the leading lender uh, for businesses after this for sure, and they may have been before, but they're going to way outpace the banks uh, after this.
0: No, are there any clients or businesses that you would say shouldn't apply for this, or you would advise them against getting this program? As far as you know, if they're really debt written and they're you have concerns that they might not be able
2: to pay this back, or or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, if if you if you are a business and you're like, look, we're going out of business anyway, right? Um, then probably not a good idea to incur no. more. Sure, debt. yeah, right sure. before you, know. you sell. Or yeah, or so out. I mean, w- we have to have a plan for for this money on sure. the business side of things. But you know, in generally speaking, this is a good loan if you need funds mm-hmm. and. You plan on paying it back and being in business in the next two years.
0: And I assume long-term, once after two years, when it, when you actually have to start remaking payments, you're going to have to continually give the SBA updates or, you know, statuses, or
2: they're going to be checking your returns to make sure that you're good to pay it back? Yeah, I would anticipate that. Okay, You know, there is uh, the ability for the SBA to audit businesses oh, wow. as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, they really have not come out with... Um, Who's going to be audited? Who's not going to be audited? Like other programs, they tell you if you get X amount of dollars, you will be audited. Maybe not. Um, So anticipate. I would. I would as a small business function as if I'm going to be audited. Sure. Keep keep records. Right. Um, You know this. This isn't the time because when you if you do get the letter from the SBA, um, we don't want to have to go back and try to recreate. Right. Everything we want to be able to be kind of on our P's and Q's in the beginning, so really document how you spend this money, where it goes. You know, yeah, that kind of. Thing. I mean, you know, our original advice is keep keep these funds in a separate account. Okay. Um, don't commingle it. Actually, that's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, don't. And co- you can track everything. Yeah, don't commingle it with another account. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like you said, Conrad, you can go to this one bank account statement, and you'll be able to every check, everything is coming out of there. And you know what it's for. Sure. Working capital or if you want to um, use it for business debt.
0: Okay. That's interesting. That's that's really informative, and I think that's great information.
2: Yeah, I think so. So
1: basically, I, I think this is a good, timely yep. podcast to get out. I mean, it's very, very sensitive information. I mean, yeah. Adam, Adam, you know, I know you've been doing this a long time. Uh, I, I would hope that businesses – Get this advice, yes, and especially uh, you know seek the advice of uh, of learned counsel, yes. uh, because I mean having someone on your side that knows it, especially I mean sure. you've got some inside you know contacts. I mean I think that's I mean I'm, sure I mean I would I would want that yep. if I was a client,
0: you know. And what are some things that, you know if a client's interested in this, you recommend them go to the SBA website and start. But then if they have more detailed questions, they could obviously reach out to you or someone here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like Conrad said, I was in this, you know when the pandemic hit i was making my way into the office when it was just me here sure reading through congress's bills i was there from the beginning so i know how it started which makes it easier to realize how it changed yeah absolutely. keeping up with it and through that time you know our clients had our clients had some struggles in the sense that it's difficult dealing with a, a large governmental body and uh now I've, got, I've had to deal with them for a while now. Right. So I, I know the kind of shortcuts. I know the um, email addresses, the phone numbers to actually get something done sure. for these clients. Especially with such a short timeline left. Agreed. Right. December 31st, you need to, um, you know, that's when the program closes. So we need to get our applications in soon. Sure.
0: Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Adam, thank you very much for coming on the show. And this wraps up another
1: edition of Health Law Talk with Shahadi Sherman-Williams. We will have more learned guests on in future episodes. Please make sure you subscribe to our uh, podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google. And we look forward to hearing from you. Everybody have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to Health Law Talk presented by Shahadi Sherman-Williams. For more information or to contact us, please visit our website linked in the description below. Also, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube linked in the description below. Thank you for listening.